Coming up on Podcast 1874, another Stellantis battery factory, an entry-level Merc EV, and GridServe expands. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Well, welcome to a new Patreon producer. That'll be you, Brendan. Brendan McCarthy at North Fork Ironworks. A new producer level. I appreciate that so much. That sign-up came in through a couple of days ago. Um, got a few, actually, in the can to mention. One each day. I want to give everyone their moment in the sun, as it were. So I'll mention a, da- a name a day. i got three or four names to get to, actually. had a, a little uh, run of people signing up to Patreon, which is amazing because it's how I earn a living. And as I've mentioned recently, I'm going to be dialing down some of the other work that I do. You'll have seen me on Inside EV's podcast. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about me not doing that anymore uh, yet on the podcast. But uh, yeah, there's a change happening there. Uh, and the Formula One stuff as well. I'd like to carry on doing... Uh, that as much as I can for the rest of the year. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that pans out. But otherwise, I'm going to be uh, just entirely reliant on EV News Daily uh, to earn a living, which is scary as heck, but also brilliant because I've been doing this for almost 2,000 episodes. So it, you know, it, it should be able to support, you know, a meagre family lifestyle. Um, thank you very much, Brendan, for signing up. Patreon is patreon.com slash EV News Daily. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information. It is Tuesday, 25th of July, but I'm recording this late because I've had a really packed week, so please accept my apologies. Well, we'll start with the news of Stellantis and Samsung. That's the South Korean battery maker announcing plans to open a second joint venture plant in the US to make EV batteries. Production starts 2027. Woo, that's a way away. It'll be the second under their existing joint venture called Star Plus Energy. The exact location, unknown. Details about the investment and number of employees, still TBC. But we do know this new battery plant will have an initial capacity of 34 gigawatt hours, which even going back a couple of years, that would have been one of the biggest EV battery factories in the world. Such has been the amount of announcements we have had over the last couple of years. But hey, 34 gigawatt hours of EV batteries per year is... Is still very respectable. The CEO of Stellantis, Carlos Tavares, said the new facility will contribute to their ambitious targets of offering 25 new pure battery electric vehicles for the North American market by the end of the decade. So, yeah, they've got six years to do that, but still, that's 25 new models. They've got the brands to do it. Obviously, they've got Jeep and Ram, very well known to my US listeners. They could introduce Peugeot, Alfa Romeo, Citroen, Opel, Vauxhall, and more as well. 100% EV sales in Europe and 50% EV sales by 2030 in the US. Uh, they, they need, in total of what they need to secure, whether it's their own factories or contracts, 400 gigawatt hours of annual battery capacity. Now, it might have seemed weird four or five years ago, me saying on this podcast, for my long-term listeners, you'll know this, Batteries, batteries, batteries. And it's so funny that we still have car companies coming out like Toyota going, oh, we're going to make solid state batteries. It'll be fine. Unless you were acquiring these deals years ago, getting into mining, getting into supply chains of really working out where all those component parts come from. You can't just go to the market and buy batteries. It doesn't exist. And so this is a a once in a generation shift of the automotive industry. If you haven't got battery plans by now, 
you're in a spot of bother. Well, back in 2021, Stellantis announced their plans to invest $35 billion into EV production and software as well. Their second US battery plant will be the sixth one they've announced to support their company goals. Uh, Back in May last year, Samsung and Stellantis announced their investment of $2.5 billion for their first plant, their factory in Indiana. Kokomo, wasn't it? That's going to open up in 2025. That's a bit smaller than this one, 23 gigawatt hours, but it will eventually rise to 33. Of course, they've got other projects going on. Like One of those that I can think of is the next star venture with uh, LG. So Stellantis and LG hedging their bets there with a different battery maker uh, are doing a facility in Canada, which stalled a bit actually recently. I think an argument over subsidies, but as of earlier this month, it's back on track. That'll be 45 gigawatt hours per year of ramped capacity. Uh, that possibly could delay the launch of the Ram Rev, the Ram 1500 Rev. Hopefully not. It was a short pause, I think, in that Canadian plan where they had a little bit of a bickering going on about money. Got to get these things right. Those batteries will probably also end up in Dodges, like the muscle car and the Jeep Recon, uh, the EV brother to the Wrangler. Samsung cells already appearing in Stellantis vehicles, a bit like the Fiat 500e. They've already got a deal for that. That's a gorgeous little car as well. The latest one, 42 kilowatt hour battery. Man, I'd love one of those on the driveway. Ideal two-car driveway, I think. I think ID Buzz, Fiat 500e. ID Buzz for the family wagon stuff. Fiat 500 for when you want to just get around in a small, sensibly sized car. My ideal driveway changes daily, by the way. So that's not a gospel. Link in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Uh, They've got, Stellantis have got big battery plants planned in the US, uh, France, Germany, Italy. They've got so much in the pipeline. Now let's talk about Mercedes preparing to preview an entry-level model. Now it's going to be a concept car they show off in September at the Munich Motor Show, but don't worry too much about that. I know it's a concept, but these things do tend to filter their way through to the road cars pretty quickly. It's going to be a successor to the CLA entry-level EV for Hopefully, you know, it will be cheaper prices, but that way Mercedes-Benz will have something in all of the market segments they compete in at the moment. Their concepts have had things like the EQXX before in the past. That's the car that drove almost 800 miles from Stuttgart to Goodwood on a single charge. That's a fascinating little vehicle. I was talking to someone about that, actually. Um, like Things like no thermal management in the battery because it never gets that hot or that cold. Like It is not designed for performance, designed for efficiency. And so... All of that weight saving and efficiency gains is how they can do so much. Oh, battery size of that 100 kilowatt hours. They went with like a nice round number on the EQXX. And yeah, it's a kind of concept car. Uh, but all that data, that learning at Mercedes-Benz is going into their future road cars. Okay, let's talk about a battery factory that is a little bit quicker than 2027. This is BYD and FAW, two Chinese names, getting together. And the first battery pack at their new factory in northeast China just rolled off the production line. They started production on this, this factory. It began, uh, construction began in February last year. So it's just over a year, which is still breakneck speed. It's been done quicker. Tesla was quicker. Uh, Not yet fully operational. Series production begins in September. Uh, The joint venture, FAW Fin Dreams, will manufacture the blade batteries, so-called blade batteries, because they, they do kind of look like a sword blade. They're very, very, very long pouch cells, and they've got the LFP chemistry, lithium iron phosphate chemistry inside. 
This joint venture will be a strategic base for EV power batteries in the northeast region of China to accelerate the use of green technology in the local area. BYD is China's largest maker of EVs and China's second largest maker of EV batteries. Link in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Huge news for my UK listeners. GridServe has secured the largest debt raise to date for a privately owned charge point operator, demonstrating their uh, the confidence in the, the money markets to invest in EV charging. This is going to be a long-term bet. All these charging companies like you know GridServe, obviously every company has an exit in mind, whether the exit is in three months' time or three years or 30 years, you're always building something to sell it. You're always building something to sell it or to have investors come in and you know you, you make your money that way. But charging is such a an unknown quantity because the, these businesses are so fresh and so it's such a nascent industry. Well, the green infrastructure financing is about £526 million. Um, the majority of that is loan facilities and another facility on top of that as well. What it will mean is that GridServe have now got even more money for their whole ecosystem to invest in solar panels, storage, chargers, electric forecourts, super hubs, and all those kind of things. They're expanding their network. They want to have more than 500 electric hubs, or super hubs, they call them, nationwide, uh, 3,000 new high-power chargers, so 350 kilowatt chargers, and they also have their of electric forecourts as well, which is where there's you know, 30, 40 charges at a time. I was using the Norwich one a lot when I was going back to see Dad because I'm on the South Coast. Dad, Dad was in East Anglia, and I could get from here to there in sort of 200 and something miles. And I was I was with the the, the, uh, the GridServe Norwich electric forecourt uh, so much uh, towards the end of Dad when I was going back, sort of leaving here at three or four in the morning uh, to miss the traffic and then just spending a couple of hours with him because uh, he was sort of you know, less tired in the mornings and stuff. And... Um, I use that grid serve facility so much at a really important time of my life. The people there are amazing. Talking to them, um, some really knowledgeable people, the boots on the ground. I've, talk, I've spoken to the management, interviewed Toddington uh, on this podcast before as well, uh, who is the uh, the main man at grid serve. But the, the, the people there were just fantastic. I love the Braintree one as well. I'm not sure when Gat, Gatwick opens. Um, and uh, I'll check check on that. But uh, grid serve just doing brilliant things. One of their latest electric super hubs to open is St. Austell. That's Cornwall. So southwest of the country, very picturesque, very surfy, very beautiful. Six new high power, 350 kilowatt uh, DC fast chargers and some 22 kilowatt AC chargers as well. Also got solar canopies there as they tend to do. That doesn't really generate a meaningful amount. What generates the meaningful amount is when they have these solar farms nearby and grid, you know, they've got a megawatt battery storage going in there as well. Uh, the solar farm, uh, the solar canopy keeps you dry when it's tipping down with rain in a British summer. And and it, it probably provides a little bit of electricity maybe for the ancillary equipment or the building next to it or something like that. But, you know, when you're talking about chunky juice going into cars you know, a few solar panels on top of a canopy is more of a pr exercise for the uh, you know sort of the not for them you know for the sort of the press people as it were who uh, who send me these these things being oh the cars are charging from the solar well you know i'm sure they are in a minuscule amount um the grid server doing just wonderful wonderful things down there cornwall services i don't think i've ever been down there at st Austell. Maybe we need to uh, pay a visit now. It's open. 350 kilowatt DC fast charging is absolutely right-sized for now. 
Talking to one of the guys in Norwich, as I mentioned, um, he, I don't know how much I should say. Um, he was saying that they've definitely got one eye on the future, and certain certain things are being future proofed at Grid Serve. Certain things are being done, where maybe certain bits of hardware could be taken out and replaced in the future down the line uh, when we want faster charging. But for now, three hundred and fifty kilowatts seems about right. And final story before we take a break. Honda has decided not to introduce any small city cars like the Honda E. Honda is fabulous, isn't it? You know, it, it swims in that same sea of cars as the Mini, the Honda E, the Fiat 500, the ones that are more premium, more stylish, a little bit more style over content. You know, you don't, you don't get the best specs, but you get every stylish car compared to one of the Chinese cars you could buy. But Honda will not be replacing it in the future. They will focus on SUVs instead, which is a shame, but I understand. That's where the money is, it's where families are. Uh, current lineup of seven models has four SUVs in it. The CRV, the ZRV, the HRV, and the new electric car is the ENY1 launched as their first electric SUV. That will be coming to the European market for Honda. Despite the success of its smaller hatchbacks like the Civic and the Jazz, they confirmed at Honda they will follow the market demands, which is sadly not to make those kind of cars, but to make SUVs and not replace the Honda E when it finally gets retired. I must look at used prices of the Honda E because it's not a car that we that we aspire to own, although we, it's a gorgeous car. Don't really look at the used price of it. I wonder, I wonder how they're holding up. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Well, the company is banking on their new ENY1 electric SUV, which will be their second car that's fully electric here in the European markets. Link in the show notes if you'd like to find out more. Right, coming up, we'll talk about the new Genesis and Samsung tech to make their future EVs better and a possible way to tax EV drivers in the future. Stick around, those stories and more is coming up. Now let's talk about the development of the Polestar 5. That is the new EV that's happening at Mira, M-I-R-A. It's a testing place here in the UK where the close proximity between the design engineering uh, of the uh, of the, the outfit and, and those developing the cars has allowed for Polestar to iterate faster than they normally would. The whole project is less than four years old. They've got validation prototypes already being built in China. The UK team, though, is the R&D team. There's 500 people working for the Polestar team here, and it's growing People in the kind of that surrounding area often come in from Formula One, uh, motorsport, niche manufacturing as well. We are, I know that, you know, our government talks a lot about, oh, the great British car industry, et cetera, et cetera. We are a minnow compared to other places. And the same is going to be said. You know, there was a big battery announcement last week with Tata and Jaguar Land Rover uh, being in, in Somerset. It's one factory, and they're, they're building hundreds of these all around the world, and we've got one. But what the UK is really good at, and what the UK should be so proud of, is things like this. The Polestar will be built in China, but designed, engineered, R&D, here in the UK. It will uh, require new ways to develop the car, a mass-market performance car being designed from scratch, where it has to be absolutely perfect. Um, very high-tech, relying not relying on relying on active anti-roll bars, uh, rear-wheel steering or air suspension on its own. All these things need to come together to provide this sense of performance and purity. And that's where the I think the UK can contribute to the global car industry as well. Uh, the team want to deliver a car that offers uh, comfort, but also performance when you want it. And uh, that's sort of the background on, on a future car that we'll be talking, I'm sure, about more in the future. 
Now, Genesis, which is Hyundai Motor Group's luxury bit, is developing its largest SUV today. It's called the GV90, and they do make some really nice, big luxury cars, normally some stinky combustion stuff. But the largest electric SUV, the GV90, will have some cutting-edge software, thanks to Samsung and Hyundai, uh, with their next-generation models, uh, new platform, new batteries, new production facilities coming in, uh, about 85 billion US dollars being spent by Hyundai as a group over the next decade to electrify. Using this new technology will give the Genesis GV90 uh, the latest set of Samsung semiconductors, electronics, the latest display, OLED display, the first for a Hyundai a group car, at least. Hyundai aims to become a top three EV producer by the end of the decade with the GV90 at uh, the very, very top end. Not mention this, actually, a little while. Hyundai Motor Group is planning to introduce its new platform. I think it's about 2025. We talk about the eGMP platform a lot, or eGIMP platform. Uh, but as early as 2025, there will be a replacement to that. It seems like it's been around five minutes because, you know, it was such a big deal when it arrived. 800-volt architecture across all of the Hyundai cars. But this new architecture, which I think 25, maybe 26, it'll arrive, will have you know, 100 and something kilowatt hour battery capacity, very... Uh, big motor capacity as well, like 450 kilowatt motors. Uh, they've codenamed the first EV on that platform as the GT1. So big battery, big motors, and I don't know what the GT1 will be, but that's the code name for it. The platform itself is called the EM platform with a you know, with a decent 100 and something kilowatt hour battery and all of that uh, that power it should be good for really good range really good performance competing with cars like the Mercedes-Benz EQS Tesla Model S uh, Kia EV9 all these premium vehicles as well Hyundai's new IMA approach integrated modular architecture is behind how they're going to make their vehicles the kind of module modularization is that even a of of building electric vehicles. Fascinating to talk about and think about the future, as well as the cool stuff we have on the roads right now to drive. It's good to know that really good stuff is coming down the line as well. Now, how EV drivers get taxed, not particularly a very happy topic, but things have to be paid for and roads have to be built and all those kind of things. Well, in Georgia, the Georgia DOT is launching a pilot project with 150 volunteers to participate in a new initiative, which will replace gasoline and other motor fuel taxes with a tax based on the number of miles that you drive to pay the bills. This approach has been adopted by other places like Washington, Oregon and and Utah, while at least four others are considering pilot projects to evaluate the concept of the idea. The issue of equity was highlighted earlier this year um, when uh, a new bill uh, was, I think, either passed or introduced to, to tax cents on a kilowatt hour of electricity used to power your EV, I guess that has to be done through the wall box, the wall charger. Otherwise, how do you, you know, you pay the tax on that and not every time you make a cup of tea or coffee. And there's ways that has to be done with smart chargers as well. So Georgia, another place, trying to scratch their head and replace all of that lost fuel duty as combustion world dies down. 
Toyota, which is Japan's and the world's largest automaker, is facing increasing challenges in China, uh, which again is the world's biggest EV market. And that's leading to layoffs at their joint venture with the GAC company. The layoffs come as Toyota is struggling to compete in China's rapidly transitioning auto market to electric vehicles as they have nothing to offer. The joint venture factory in China between Toyota and GAC has about 20,000 people working there, and they do make the BZ4X there, the first Toyota EV, despite a a big price cut recently. Toyota's BZ4X has not set the world light in China, unfortunately, and that's causing job losses there. Mitsubishi Motors, another one that has indefinitely suspended their operations in China after they had nothing to sell. Chinese buyers want to buy electric vehicles. They went to Toyota and Mitsubishi. What can we buy? Well, there's nothing decent, so... These companies are failing rapidly. The lack of EV models from Japanese automakers to compete with domestic automakers in China is leading to some really big issues there. Chinese brands accounted for 53% of the market through the first half of the year. Domestic EV makers. I talk about it all the time with you. BYD, NIO, Li Auto, Xpeng and more. Are really eating everyone's lunch. And the Japanese are still, whether it's Toyota, Mitsubishi, Nissan, still going, oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We make hybrids. It's all good. Solid-state batteries are coming. Don't you worry. We're going to be fine. At some point, they won't be fine if they don't get on board with making decent EVs. Now, what about future battery technology? I love talking about stuff like this. A a new order for sodium-ion batteries has been placed by a large German automaker. But I don't know who they are. Uh, the Chinese tech company Zhangzhou, uh, I think, Transimage, that's how I say the name, uh, is a Chinese company that makes sodium iron batteries. And they've had they've announced a big order from a German car maker, but they can't say who it is. It's a subsidiary of a German car maker. And they are purchasing sodium iron batteries for their global battery business. The order signifies... Uh, a big move for the sodium ion battery industry uh, that is seeing growing production capacity, uh, but it's still you know relatively small amount of sodium ion batteries compared to other chemistries. At the end of March, they had a 4.5 gigawatt hours of sodium ion battery capacity at their factories in China, uh, which is still the you know the limiting factor with that technology, but much cheaper, taking you know, lithium out of the uh, the supply chain and uh, some some big cost savings to make there as well. I can't wait to find out. Could speculate on. What German car maker is buying sodium iron batteries, hopefully for smaller city cars and more affordable cars? Something that isn't affordable, the other end of the scale, a Chinese company called Hi-Fi, uh, H-I-P-H-I, Hi-Fi. That brand has the, the Model X, the Model Z. Uh, they're not called the Model, they're just called the X and the Z. Uh, then the Model Y uh, just del- begins to be delivered this week, I believe. I think towards the end of this week on Friday or Saturday, the first Model Y, sorry, Hi-Fi Y will be uh, delivered. Obviously, this is a Model Y competitor against Tesla, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, and Audis as well. It's cost about 47,000 US dollars equivalent. But what you get for that is still amazing. Uh, They've got single-motor, dual-motor versions. Battery pack of 76 kilowatt hours is the smaller one. And, you know, the inside full of technology and luxury. and, And, you know, this brand, I think, started in 2019, or 2020, I think it was a pre-COVID brand that just came from nowhere. Got three cars on the market, and they're selling really well. Uh, 2,000 orders and 50,000 expressions of interest in this this new Model Y. Sorry, the Hi-Fi Y. It's cool. It's got this cool gullwing doors and everything. Well, it's the, the, 
it's really weird. The top half of the rear doors are gullwing. The bottom half of the rear doors open out, hinged sideways. Oh, you got to look. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to see this car. It's uh, it's Chinese and it's interesting. Uh, now, let's finish off by talking about why the move to electric vehicles is not doomsday if you love diesel. So if you know someone, you know, a crazy uncle on Facebook who's... <laughs> hates the idea of these newfangled electric vehicles so they just want to drive their diesel forever. It's okay. Despite the rapid shift to EVs, the growth of EV sales is growing double-digit, triple-digit growth every year. Latest research projects that up to 1 billion, with the B, 1 billion combustion vehicles will remain on the world's roads even by 2050. Thousand million EVs, uh, uh, combustion cars, still on the road. They're not going anywhere. This move to EV, which frightens some people, I don't know, the anti-vaxxers or something that think everyone's out to get them, or the whole you know global elite kind of conspiracy theory that oh uh, uh, EVs are all part of the plan. EVs will clean up the air that we breathe. They'll make mobility cheaper and better. But combustion's not going anywhere. Stop being so scared about this move to EV. Because if you are, if you have your heart set on driving petrol and diesel forever, that will be around long, long after most of us have shuffled off. The move to EV needs to happen even quicker. But it doesn't mean that we're in the blink of an eye. All these petrol cars are going to disappear off the planet. We need to clean up transport because the time frames we are working on, like I say, you know, 2050, if I'm still around, <laughs> touch wood, um, I'll be delighted. But, um, oh, man, it's just it's frustrating that people think that all of a sudden overnight someone's coming. Someone's going to come for your truck. It's not happening. Uh, that was a bit interesting. Kind of depressing story as well. Like, oh, my goodness, really? Is that many vehicles going to be left on the roads? Yeah, they'll still be running. Anyway, that's your podcast for today. Oh, goodness, it was long. I'm sorry. Long and late. No, no one likes that. Uh, our premium partners of the pod, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one map, one app. I've said it a thousand times. I can't say it today. One app and one map. Go get a lot. Octopus Electroverse. It's brilliant. And Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.